Mm. Praise the Lord, Bridgeway. How's everybody doing? Excuse me. Mm. That's some good pie right there. Anybody like pie? I'm going to talk to you all about pie a little later in the message. But today we're talking about the art of sharpening others for Christ. We're in the middle of a series called Follow Me. Last week, we talked about shaping others for Christ, people who are following you. What kind of faith leaders uh, should you follow? And as we think about that, let's review real quickly before we go into sharpening others for Christ. Do you remember the four qualities of a faith leader that we ought to be looking at? It spelled out the word safe. Who remembers what the S stands for? Just type it in the chat or you can tell the person sitting next to you on the couch or maybe you're alone in the car. Just say it out loud. The S stands for sincere. Sincere means non-hypocritical, authentic. The A stands for, what do you think? Anointed. Anointed. That you want to come under the anointing and you want to be the kind of person who is anointed with joy and blessing uh, and, and, and healing. Remember that? And then the F stands for fundamental. We want to follow leaders that are fundamental, that they have a foundation of truth under them, not to be confused with a fundamental list that's rigid. And then E stands for eager, eager to point people toward Jesus as John the Baptist did in John chapter one. Well, for those of you who got all four good jobs, you get an A. But again, last week we talked about helping to shape the faith of people behind us. Today I want to talk to you who are growing in your faith with people beside you. In other words, how do you grow with people around you? Father, as we go into your word, we pray that your word would go into us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That was a bedrock verse for a, a, a singles ministry that I started many years ago in the early 90s. And I had about 150 young people between ages 18 and 25, and that group was known as Sharp Street. Sharp Street was that singles group that I led, and this was the bedrock verse, because we we're all of the same age as iron sharpens iron, so one man, so one woman sharpens another. There's a guy in the Bible in the New Testament known as Joseph. Do you know who I'm talking about? It's not the Joseph that was betrothed to be married to the Virgin Mary. It's another Joseph. He's the Levite from Cyprus. Have you heard of this Joseph? I bet you have, you just don't know him by this name. In fact, Joseph was better known as, here it is, Barnabas. Barnabas, you've heard of Barnabas, right? He's found in Acts chapter four, verses 36 through 37. This is what it says. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field and he owned it and brought the money. He sold the field that he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So Joseph was given this nickname by his boys, the other apostles, and the nickname for him was encouragement. Barnabas, if you will. Do you have the kind of friends that would give you a, a nickname? They know you well enough to give you a nickname? 
I mean spiritual friends, not the kind of friends maybe growing up when you're in the eighth grade. They're all kind of bad names and nicknames people would give you based on your size or based on your uh, your braces, whether it's metal mouth or or bubble butt or fat boy. Or I know this one uh, gal who she has a, a sort of a big forehead and she would say that people used to call her eight head. Which is ridiculous, you know, forehead, but it's so big as an eight head. Well, anyway, we're not talking about the kind of names you get uh, from your friends when you're younger and they're making fun of you. We're talking about spiritual nicknames, people who would say, you know what, you're so encouraging, I just want to call you Barnabas. Well, that's what they did in the New Testament. The apostles named Joseph the Levi from Cyprus. They named him Barnabas. He was an encourager because he encouraged other apostles by his example of following Christ. In this series, we're talking about what it means to be not only followers of Christ united in the spirit, but what does it mean to follow me? That as I follow Christ, people are following me. And so when they're following you, you're trying to look to them as a mentor or a discipler. But what about the people around you? You see, when you are born again, you're born into a family. Christianity is not just about beliefs and believing. Christianity is also about belonging. You have siblings, brothers and sisters in Christ. And while mentors and disciples are the people we grow up under, Barnabases in our life are the people who we grow with, who we grow alongside of. Mentors and disciples are people in your life who shape your faith, but Barnabases are brothers and sisters in the Lord who sharpen your faith. Hence, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man or woman sharpens another. We grow spiritually alongside of other people and we encourage uh, their spiritual growth, but because they know us and we know them, They can hold us accountable to our own words and our own beliefs. They will call BS, bull stuff, when our lives are contradicting what we are saying. It's good to have other people around you side by side, shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, heart to heart, who grow spiritually with you. There are a few benefits to having spiritual friends. Let me give you three. One is spiritual encouragement. We already talked about that. From Acts chapter four, verses 36 and 37, where it talks about Barnabas, the son of encouragement. So we mentioned that, and we should all have a couple Barnabases in our life. Do you? Do you have a couple friends who are spiritually encouraging you? The benefits of spiritual friendships, number one is spiritual encouragement. Number two is spiritual agreement. Spiritual agreement. The passage I'm going to give you is Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Let me read it to you. It says this, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. What we're seeing here is that when we have uh, the benefit of spiritual friends, not only is there spiritual encouragement, but the second benefit is spiritual agreement. 
where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, I will be in the midst. I will be present there. And you see, this is important because what Jesus is trying to teach us is an Old Testament principle of law. And that is nothing was established in the Old Testament legally unless you had two or three witnesses. It also says, do not bring an accusation against an elder or a spiritual leader unless you have what? Two or three witnesses. The way something was established was when you had two or three witnesses. And what Jesus is saying is when you have two or three spiritual friends that come together, he shows up. He'll sign that contract. Heaven will show up for you when you come into agreement with other sisters, with other brothers. And so when you're thinking about your spiritual life, Don't just think about people that can encourage you spiritually, but think about people that you can come into agreement with. Because you remember in the Old Testament, you had those three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were thrown into a fiery furnace, and they came out not smelling like smoke. And you say, well, what happened? Well, a fourth man showed up, which was Jesus. Why is that important? When people teach the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they talk about their bold faith, but what they fail to mention is that these were three guys in agreement. They were spiritual friends in agreement. You didn't have two saying, you know what, let's just go forward, while the other one's like, no, no, I don't want to go. All three were in agreement, and where two or three are gathered, Jesus shows up. He is your fourth man. So the next time you have an issue that you're dealing with, bring two or three brothers or sisters around you. Pray together in Jesus' name. He will show up as the fourth man in your situation, and you will come out of your situation not even smelling like or looking like what you have been through. We follow Christ not alone. We follow Christ with brothers and sisters, and this is how we grow in our faith. It's hard to grow without people. Very few of us come into a relationship with God and grow without people. It's because of people you came to Christ, and it's because of people you will grow in Christ. Not only the kind of mentors and disciplers that are ahead of you, but the people who are alongside of you. So what kind of people are you hanging with? The benefits to spiritual friendship, encouragement, agreement, and spiritual partnership would be the third benefit. We find this passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Listen to what it says. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Verse 11, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We look at this passage and we see that one of the benefits of spiritual friendship may be encouragement and agreement. But in this passage, we actually find five blessings that come with spiritual partnership, which is the third benefit. Blessing number one, I'll give them to you in five W's so you get it. Wealth, work, weak, warmth, 
war. Did you get it? Just in these couple of verses, we find these five W's, which is the benefit of spiritual partnership. Wealth. Notice what it says. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. Return is a financial uh, investment kind of a word that when you put something in, you get something better back. And what it says, two are better than one because you get a greater return. And so that is the first W when we talk about the blessings of spiritual partnership with other people. Wealth, a better return. Put your minds together, a better return. But secondly, work. It says uh, because they have a good return for their work. When you work together, you can grow together. And people who work for the Lord together grow in their relationship with the Lord together. This is why serving in the church is so important. This is why serving the Lord is so important. But serving with other people for the Lord is what's going to grow you up. And so are you working for the Lord? Are you laboring for the Lord? And then what can you do together for the Lord that you could not do without your two or three Barnabases in your life? We said that there are five blessings to spiritual partnership and that spiritual partnership is one of three benefits of special and spiritual friendships. Wealth, work, weak. Let's check out verse 10, Ecclesiastes 4.10. It says this, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. When I'm weak, because I have two or three friends, they can help pick me up. When they're weak, I can help pick them up. I'm not going to judge you. I'm there to pick you up. And it says, pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. But when you have two or three, a friend will help you up. It's one of the blessings of spiritual Barnabases in your life. Wealth, you get a great return. Work, you get to labor for the Lord together and get more done. If I'm weak, I have someone to help me up. And here's the fourth W, warmth. It says in verse 11, also, if two lie down together, they will keep, they will keep warm. But how can one uh, be kept warm alone? The reality is that's just physics, right? You get two bodies together, you're going to get warmth. And in a sense, if you're cold out by a campfire and you're more closer together, guess what? You're going to be warmer than if you're separate apart. You know, six feet of distance brings a little bit of coolness to our lives, doesn't it? We miss some of the warmth of our bodies coming together through hugs and high fives. And, and now it's elbows and it's masks. And so that's not natural for us. Some of us have had to work through what does that look like and feel like without the human touch that we used to have. And we're not talking about a romantic or a sexual touch. We're just talking about human beings coming together in closeness with a hug, with a dap, with a, a sense of of proximity, and that's being threatened because of our, our health situation right now. But we pray it will not always be because out of the five blessings that begin with the W that come out of spiritual partnership, there is a warmth between us that is important, not just physically though, but emotionally. There's a way that we can still stay close and communicate even this way through online broadcasts even through Zoom or, or through Google Meet, through phone calls. Thank God we can still talk to one another and be free in our communication with one another. So up your communication with other people. Don't isolate yourself during this time of the pandemic. 
And even this time of racial strife and all that's going on in our country today, this is not the time to be cold and isolate yourself. This is a time to reach out in ways to connect that you may not have ever really connected before. But there is also one other W, if you will, as we talk about the five blessings of partnership under this point of spiritual partnership, and that is war. And it says it right there in verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Hey, listen, when you have two people, you can fight for one another. You can defend one another. If you're by yourself, it's hard to fight alone. And so one of the blessings of spiritual partnership is that I have someone in my corner and a strand of three cords is not quickly broken. So it's you, it's me, the Lord is the third cord. And when we're woven together, as my wife who weaves things together and uh, with her hand, she, she taught me that the braiding of three is braided around a center cord. And that center cord is what holds the other two together. So if it's a husband and a wife, or if it's two friends, if the Lord is the center cord and you tie your relationship around him, if one of you get tattered, gets tattered, the rope still stands strong because of the center cord. If the other side gets tattered, guess what? Because of the center cord, the rope can stay together. Some of you need the Lord as the center cord of your marriage. And the reason why your marriage doesn't seem like it can hang on is because you've tied it to everything thing but the Lord. The reason why your family is not holding on is because you've tied it to everything but the Lord. You do not tie your family simply to finances or simply to uh, values that the, the traditions of your family hold. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when you have brothers and sisters who dwell together in unity around the Lord, the Lord is the center cord that will get you through the difficult and the dangerous things of life. And here we find spiritual partnerships work best and the blessings of spiritual partnership come when we have the Lord as the center cord. And then when we're at war, when we're at battle, guess what? We've got people to defend us. What have we said so far? We said that there are three benefits to spiritual friendships, spiritual encouragement, spiritual agreement, spiritual partnership. There are five blessings of spiritual partnership that begin with the W. We said wealth and work and weak and warmth and war, people to battle for you. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You don't realize what kind of spiritual partnerships you have until you go through battle, until you go through war. When you and your family go through something difficult, the ones that stay around and defend you, the ones that will be behind closed doors with you and cry with you, the ones that'll say, yeah, you did mess up, but I'm standing with you publicly anyway. These are the ones that you realize are the spiritual friends and the blessings of your life. You also find out who are not really your friends when you go through difficult times. When the war comes, you find out really quickly the ones that were just hanging around to get the benefits of the relationship with you. But when it came to defending you or when it came to fighting for you, they don't have any steel in their back. They loved it when you fought for them. But as soon as something happened, to you, they scrammed. Why is that? It's because they were never really your spiritual partner. What they were was your spiritual leech. Now there's a difference between a spiritual partner and a spiritual leech. A spiritual partner will partner with you and they will go into the fire with you. They will agree with you in the spirit in the name of the Lord and watch the fourth man show up when you're going through the fire. A spiritual leech won't go 
in the fire with you. As soon as they feel the heat, they find some excuse and some way to get out. Don't be mad at the spiritual leeches in your life because that, what that does is allows you to hold on to the Lord even during that situation and during that time. But I can't quote it better than this rapper. And I won't say who the rapper is, but in his rap, he says, I've got a lot of people in my circle, but they're not in my corner. You may have a lot of people in your circle, but it doesn't mean they're in your corner. One of the blessings of true spiritual partnership is that when you go to war and go to battle, you have people who are willing to go in and through the fire with you. But there are challenges to spiritual friendships as well. Not only do you have the benefits of spiritual friendships, but you also have the challenges of spiritual friendships. For instance, they can become dull, D-U-L-L. They can just become dull. Over time, uh, you can become dull spiritually, dull emotionally, maybe dull even physically. But a good friend will encourage you to do better and to be better. But that's why this verse is iron sharpens iron. When you start getting dull, uh, God wants to sharpen you. So God may bring someone in your life to kind of help move you toward what it means to be sharp. And in order to stay sharp spiritually and even professionally, we need new people to rotate into our orbit who have sharpened, who can sharpen the dull edges in our life so that we are not relationally and spiritually stuck. Can I give you a word of wisdom? Here it is. It's okay to keep old and longtime friends, but don't close the door to new friendships that God may be bringing into your life to take you to new levels of faith. Can I say that again? It's okay to keep old and long-term friends, long-time friends, but don't close the door to new friendships that God may be bringing into your life to take you to new levels of faith. Because the reality is the spiritual friends that you've had, they may be good people, but they've just become dull. You're not sharpening them. They're not sharpening you. And God is bringing new people into your orbit to help you sharpen your faith. Another challenge of spiritual friendships is that they can become dysfunctional. <laughs> Do you have any friendships with people? And it's just, you know, y'all were cool at first, but now it's just dysfunctional. I mean, some relationships become problematic. Instead of sharpening each other, you now find yourself cutting each other. You know, your words cut each other. You stab each other in the heart. You begin to realize that the relationship is influencing you in the wrong way. It may have started out well, but instead of being encouragement, it has now become an impediment. The relationship begins to impede your growth in Christ and, and maybe even your growth as a person or your growth as a husband, a wife, a, a student or a professional. And when you have these challenges of a dulling relationship and a dysfunctional relationship, there are times that certain relationships need to come to a close. Or at least a pause. It's not easy to talk about because you've had lifelong relationships. You have people that you feel very connected to emotionally. It doesn't mean you have to cut them out of your life, but they're not sharpening you and you're not sharpening them. And sometimes you end up having sharp disagreements with one another. This is what happened with the son of encouragement, Barnabas, him and the apostle Paul. Probably one of the ones that named him Barnabas. 
are now having a sharp agreement. And you can read about it in the book of Acts. But they had a sharp agreement over another person named John Mark. One wanted to take John Mark on the missionary journey. The other one didn't. And evidently, there was a whole bunch of emotion around John Mark. Isn't isn't it interesting that you can have a close connection with somebody, you can have a spiritual partnership, a spiritual agreement, spiritual encouragement, everything is going fine, but then a new person is introduced into the mix, and before you know it, you and the other person who pre-existed before the third person now are at odds with one another, and they end up creating some kind of drama. Now, I'm not saying it's John Mark's fault. But what I am saying is they had such a sharp disagreement, they decided to go their separate ways. And sometimes, even with people who you've been spiritual friends with, sometimes you might have to go your separate ways, just agree to disagree. It doesn't make it unbiblical. It doesn't make it somehow something's wrong with you. But there are seasons of friendship. There's the starting of friendships. But sometimes there's the parting of friendships, or at least the pausing It's something to evaluate, but remember my word of wisdom. Maybe God is bringing certain people in to your life to take you to the next level of faith. As I move toward the close of my sermon, I do have one big question for you as we talk about sharpening others for Christ, and that is this. Who do you spin out of your orbit at this time in your life? You've got all these people, right? You've got all these friends. Who do you spin out of your orbit? Can we talk about the kinds of people we need to spin out of our orbit or who are slowing our relationship down with God? Well, in order to answer this question, let me ask you first. Mm. Anybody like pie? Yeah. You know, what kind of pie do you like? I like me some pecan pie, chocolate pecan pie. I like blueberry pie, and uh, I sure like some Sade's sweet as cherry pie. Y'all know that song? Y'all know nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. This pie is the bomb diggity bomb bomb. Well, the reason why, mm, I got some milk? <laughs> okay. The reason why I'm talking to you about pie is because when you think about who to spin out of your orbit, maybe I should put this away. And I'll pick it up when I'm done. Look at this. Anybody want to share some of this woman? Mm. If I had some milk right now, and I don't, I have water. If I had some milk right now, I would wash that down. Not any kind of milk. It's got to be 2% lactate, but that's a different sermon. Anyway, (laughs) what are the kind of people you have to spin out of your orbit? Think about the word pie, P-I-E. Peace, integrity, esteem. Tell someone near you, I will not post it, say it, chat it. I am not gonna let anyone take my pie. My peace, my integrity, my esteem. You can't have my pie. Three kinds of people you want to spin out of your relationship right now. Anyone who threatens to steal 
This is milk right here. Lord, let it be. Let it be lactate, lactose free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ooh, oh, oh, mm. there's listen, there's nothing like cold milk after you've had a piece of pie. Here's the problem. If somebody steals your pie, the milk ain't as good. And so when you are thinking about your spiritual relationships, who's threatening to steal your peace? You need to spin them out of your relationship. You need to tell the devil, you can't have a piece of my peace. But here's a second area you need to think about as you're spinning people out of your orbit in this season. And that's people who threaten to take away your integrity. You feel compromised. You feel like your character is compromised around them. Uh, There's something inside of you that wants to do and be bad around them. Instead of influencing them to be better, you're influencing them to be worse. Or they're influencing you to be worse. You You need to insert a no inside of you that I will not allow you to threaten my integrity. You know, my peace is when I feel all this stress and drama whenever they're around. That's a problem. My integrity is on the inside when I realize that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm compromising who I am. And then thirdly, your esteem. If they're threatening to take away your esteem, meaning they make you feel less about yourself instead of better. You don't feel better after you interact with them. You feel worse. Instead of being inspired to be better, You feel like you can never be better when you're around them. They make you feel fat, stupid, unspiritual, worthless. Why do you still have them in your orbit? Yet there are other people who, when you're around and they're around you, you feel better about yourself after relating to them. You feel motivated to be in better shape. you, you want to read more and study more. You want to pray more. You want to meditate on the scriptures more. You want to grow in your spirit to be a better person. Listen, spin out the people, at least out of your inner circle. It doesn't mean you cut off all the relationship, but out of the inner circle, spin them out if they're trying to take and steal your pie and add some spiritual power to your relationships If you drink together and laugh together and smile together and complain together, why not pray together? Just turn up the spiritual heat by saying, you know what? How about we pray about that? That's how you turn the spiritual heat up. You don't have to change all your friends. Just maybe turn the spiritual heat up a little bit. We talk about it. We complain about it. Hey, how about we pray about it? How about we take Doc's sermon and we play it? You know, you used to have to buy video series of sermons and then have small group conversation around it. Now you can do it on our website. Just go to bridgeway.cc. You get the sermon or get a segment of it, play that, and then have a conversation around it. Have a conversation around safe. Have a conversation around pie. Have a conversation around followers of Christ who are united in the spirit, staying in focus. You've got the text, you've got the scriptures, and you've got conversation with brothers and sisters. Listen. The next time you feel like you need some spiritual encouragement, some spiritual agreement, you need some spiritual partnership, just go get a piece of pie. And remember, these are the kind of people I want. And the ones that are trying to take my pie, see ya. Lord Jesus, help us to have the number one relationship with you. And that is a relationship of the one who created this. Bye.
life. Oh, all the good things in life. Lord, forgive us when we've been bad. But Lord, help us to be the kind of spiritual friend that would always bring something sweet to the relationship. And most of all, you. And Lord, for those that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, you are the number one friend that sticks closer than a brother. So I implore you through this prayer to pray and invite Jesus to come into your life. Yes, I have a fork in my hand, but we can still pray. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sins that I might have a relationship with you and other people around me who love you too. In the name of Jesus, amen. Mm. And amen.